You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Hi beauties, welcome to another episode of Permission 2. I am currently sitting here and it's a Sunday. I don't usually podcast on a Sunday, but we have just had a week of sickness and you know, sometimes you've just got to adapt. Uh, But yeah, it feels really, really beautiful to be here with you. And today is going to be a bit of a longer episode because there's quite a lot of depth to what I want to share. So today I'm going to be talking to you about how to recession proof your mindset and life. And I just want to give a big shout out to my beautiful marketing coach, Ellie Swift, uh, who did an episode on um, how to recession proof your business. And I found that episode really inspiring um, and yeah, basically inspired me to speak to this from more of a mindset and life point of view. Uh, because uh, I am noticing that so many of my coaching clients are feeling nervous about a potential recession and making a lot of decisions um, from a place of fear around that. And obviously we all have to be so discerning about, we all have our own unique financial circumstances and um, you know our own level of risk-taking And so I am always going to be um, supporting my clients to make their own decisions from a place of self-trust. But I do try to guide people to be making those decisions from from a place of trust um, and hope uh, rather than from a place of fear. And so, yeah, I guess a bit of background and context. So in Australia, we've got interest rates rising, cost of living's going up. I feel like every second article in the media at the moment is about um, uncertainty and are we going to go into recession, particularly more globally. Uh, And I feel like um, there's so much uncertainty in life right now about what's coming up financially. And we're coming off the back of navigating a global pandemic. So, so many humans are still feeling pretty and understandably so pretty fragile, pretty burnt out. Um, You know, it can be hard to have the energy uh, to keep focusing on what you want in life when there's all this stuff going on globally. So yeah, if this is something that you're struggling with, then I think this is um, really going to be a very special episode for you because I'm going to share the three skills that I believe you can use to keep living your best life and stay hopeful even with a potential recession. Uh, And I'm going to share why I believe so much in the power of hope and questions you can ask yourself about how, how you want to live your life during uncertain times, because it can be so easy to go to the worst case scenario and just shut down and go into safety mode and stop and stop really living and enjoying life. 
Um, and I, I definitely don't want that for any human and especially for those beautiful humans who are, are here with me and have been on this journey with me. So yeah, let's look at that. How to keep living your best life, why it's important to stay hopeful and the three skills needed to mindfully navigate life in a recession. And I'm going to share a few stories of my life experiences and the way that I kind of cope with uncertainty and things like that. As someone who can, you know, be a little bit prone to worrying, I was somehow, you know, born, almost born worrying, I would say, as a child. And I've had to do a lot of work on myself around um, my anxiety and, and my worrying and the way I show up in the world. So you get some personal stories in there too. So it's going to be a bit of everything today. Uh, and I know some of my episodes are super short. So if you're used to listening to my short episodes, I did just decide to do this all in one go rather than breaking it up. So obviously, you know, permission to break it down and listen to it in small chunks if you need to. So the first skill that I believe you need to really navigate life in a recession and recession proof your mindset is the skill of being able to tolerate uncertainty. And I read an interesting quote from Betsy Stevenson, who was a former economic advisor to President Barack Obama. And that was, for most people, the effect of a recession is fear, not an actual loss. It's a fear of loss. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do is just check in with yourself about what you've been telling yourself about the future. Um, about the economy Um, have you been catastrophizing which means have you been imagining the worst case scenario and what impact does that have on your nervous system so when you are having those catastrophizing thoughts and imagining the worst case scenario what happens in your body what happens to your breathing how do you feel because The interesting thing, I'm sure you already know this, but I'm going to remind you, our primitive brain really doesn't like uncertainty. Our brain likes black and white, 100%, this is what's going to happen. So much so that I have supported clients with anxiety who've said to me, I would rather something bad happen and that I know it's going to happen than sit with the uncertainty of, um, you know, maybe something good might happen, which is why like often dating and relationships like that can be so hard because when we first meet someone, if we really like them, but we've got that, there's a lot of uncertainty about if the relationship's going to work out. So many people, because they can't tolerate that uncertainty, self-sabotage the relationship or, you know, walk away from the relationship because it's really hard. Um, And so, yeah, because we don't like uncertainty, we often can have a tendency to literally contract, you know, to like our bodies contract, that we make ourselves smaller. We, we stop investing in ourselves. We um, decide that we're not going to try anything new. Um, yeah, we make decisions to stop taking risks and we stop learning and we stop growing. But the problem is <laughs> that's not actually going to protect you from uncertainty. Because the only way that you can learn to live with the uncertainty that just comes with being a human being and having a human experience, as much as we don't like to talk about this, everything in our life is uncertain. We we don't have as much control as we we would like to. 
Um, so, and safety comes from within. So the, the first skill I want you to learn, and this takes practice, is how to tolerate uncertainty. Because when it comes to uncertainty, firstly, know that it's a muscle. So if you are someone who tends to be a bit anxious or you don't like uncertainty, then you are probably going to be someone who does as much as you can to avoid it. So you might be like someone who like really likes to plan everything and be in control and overthink things and, you know, role play every single scenario and how you might respond to each scenario. And yeah, no, don't make decisions or do things where you're not 100% sure of the outcome. So maybe you don't go for that job that you're not quite sure if you're ready for. You go for the job that you know you're 100% ready for. But what happens then is that we never grow the muscle that, that allows us to tolerate uncertainty. And so, yeah, then if you can't tolerate uncertainty, this time is going to feel hard. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is when it comes to uncertainty, and I remember my supervisor saying this to me, it's not the thing that you're scared of, that you're really scared of. It's the fear that you're not going to be able to cope with the thing if it happens. And so, so often my work with my clients is actually helping them to face their fears. Like imagine that your worst thing, your worst fear happened uh, and that actually you would be okay. As horrible as it would be that you would be able to manage it and that you would be able to move through it. So really when it comes to uncertainty, just to explain that in a different way as well, you were deep down scared that you won't be able to cope with whatever change the recession might bring rather than actually being scared of the recession. And so it really comes down to that safety within. Do you trust yourself? Do you believe in yourself? When you look back over all of your life experiences, do you, can you see that actually you have gotten through every single challenge already? Sometimes you've needed lots of support, but that's okay. That's human, um, but you've always gotten through it. So this is going to sound quite counterintuitive, but actually the first skill that you need to learn in tolerating that uncertainty is to really face the deepest fear and then look at how you would cope with it. So I'm going to share a personal example. I often worry about my husband Nick's job because his job is essentially making money for his boss through investing. And obviously the market's very volatile right now. At the moment, he's doing amazing, um, which, you know, is another source of hope, right? That people are still actually making money, um, you know, in ways that I can't really explain. I'm not, <laughs> not that clever in terms of investing. But yeah, it's possible to, for people to be making money in the market right now. Um, but so if I was going to face my fear, like what if Nick lost his job? Because at the moment, you know, I'm working very small, short hours in my business because, you know, I've got baby Frankie as well. And my business, I haven't got it to a point where I could cover all our living costs without his income. So then, you know, my fear would be, how would we cope financially? But if I actually face that fear, and I dig deep into who I am, what I know about myself is I'm not afraid of hard work. Uh, you know, I put myself through uni. I worked from like the age of 14. I was like a, a checkout um, person for, yeah, for maybe six years while I went through uni and high school. Uh, yeah, I've got my social work degree. So like there's so many things that I could do if we needed to bring in more income. Uh, obviously, 
like I love my business and I'm so committed to my business that I would never totally, you know, shut down the doors to my business. But if I had to, I would maybe, you know, make my business yeah, part time. And then maybe I'd add a day or two of social work or yeah, going and working in a grocery store, what store, whatever I need would need to do, I would do. Uh, and I'm sure Nick would be the same. And so whilst that might feel a bit confronting, like obviously that's not what I want, uh, because I'm hopeful that I know that I will eventually get my business to where I want it to be financially and where I need it to be, uh, then I know that I'm never going to give up. And so if something like that happened, yeah, the timeline might be delayed, but I'm still going to feel hopeful. I'm still going to know that we've got options, right? So sometimes if you notice that you're worrying a lot about the recession, actually give yourself permission to really dive deep into like, what's the worst that's going to happen and how would I respond to that? Now, I'm not saying that you then ruminate on that for hours and hours on end. You know, I would do that as a one-off, like name it, process it, move through it. Um, and then you will notice um, that you're, you're way less fearful because you know whatever happens, this is how I'll handle it and I'll be okay. Uh, so really giving yourself permission to imagine the worst case scenario, do some journaling, move through it can be a massive skill here, but also just in general, sitting with that uncertainty that actually none of us really know what's going to happen with the economy. I'm not at all an expert on this, but it seems like it's very complicated. Like there's really, um, low unemployment. There's a lot of job opportunities in Australia at the moment like cost of living is rising, but yeah, it's a very complex situation, which I can't really speak to because I'm not an expert on it. But if you're imagining the worst case scenario, um, you know, recognize that's what it is, work through it and see, you know what, actually I'll be okay no matter what. And then allow yourself to just get used to being sitting with the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. All the media isn't necessarily helpful because it's always negative, but we don't actually know what's going to happen. And it's almost like the, I think the media kind of tries to feed into that idea that we don't like uncertainty. Like how many of us Googled, you know, when is the pandemic going to be over in the first you know year of the pandemic? Because we, we didn't like the uncertainty of not knowing. We wanted to know. We wanted to have hope. We wanted to have an idea of when it's over. And I feel like the media really knows that about humans. And so there's almost like this frenzy of articles that maybe some of it might be unhelpful to. So I guess another thing to think about from a mindset point of view is like, how mindful are you being of what you consume and what you read and what you believe? And at what point is it helpful? You know, like obviously we need to stay informed about what's going on in the world, but sometimes a constant stream of negative information is not good for our mindset or our well-being either. So that's the first skill. The second skill that I want to share with you is around being hopeful. So I'm just going to define hope from a psychology point of view. Uh, and this is all based on John Parsi, uh, who is the executive director of the Hope Center. So in psychology, Hope is a cognitive practice and involves the intentional act of setting goals and working towards them with purpose. So hopeful people are able to set goals, identify ways to reach their goals and feel as though they can do the work to achieve those goals. Um, and here, I just want to emphasize the difference between hope and blind optimism, because I'm not saying to be blindly optimism, blindly optimistic. So 
An example is if you were driving somewhere and your car breaks down, um, blind optimism would just be sitting there and expecting that somehow you're magically going to get from where you were trying to drive to, to, to where you left. Um, but an optimistic person would actually, you know, get out of the car and look at getting some help, taking some action towards getting the car fixed so that you could actually get to where you're going. So hope is an active process. Uh, John Parsi explained this in a really, really amazing way that I love. So optimistic people see the glass as half full, but hopeful people ask how they can feel the glass full. So it's, it's not that you're not a positive person if you're hopeful, but it's also looking at that belief in yourself that you can actually influence the outcome rather than just being blindly optimistic and assuming that everything is always going to go well for you. Because optimism doesn't really require you to do anything it, and it can be a form of toxic positivity. But from the like psychology definition of hope, hope can only do good for a person. So a question that would be really supportive for you for once you have faced your fears and like practice sitting with that uncertainty around the economy is how can I give myself permission to stay hopeful about my future and my goals during this time? How can I keep working towards these goals? Because what I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of people who are like really scared and just think, oh no, okay, it's not the right time for me to launch my business. Uh, it's not the right time for me to study to become a life coach or, oh no, I'm not going to invest in my personal development and my growth right now. You know, I've got to just stay safe. And, um, I guess what I really believe is that instead of contracting in fear and putting all those hopes and dreams on hold, which you might think that's keeping you safe, but what's the impact going to be on your mental health? I actually believe it's important to give yourself permission to keep learning and to keep growing and to stay hopeful, which means to to stay actively involved in pursuing your passions and your purpose and your goals. So yeah, permission to keep working on those goals and knowing that that is actually going to support your well-being during during uncertain times. Don't put there's always going to be a reason, I guess, why we can put our growth on hold. Um, and of course we can do this. Like I have never been one to like tell anyone or really encourage anyone to like go and quit their job and start a business overnight when they don't have any clients. I personally feel like that is, can be way too much on someone's nervous system. If we don't feel financially secure, it can be very hard to feel psychologically safe to actually, you know, take risks in life. Like, you know, and grow and things like that. Like maybe it's launching a podcast, starting a business, starting to become a life coach, all of those things. If you've done that from a place of like having no financial security, it's not going to feel good in your body. Uh, so, but like there are always ways around this, right? Like, so if it's like, okay, I need to stay working in my job four days a week to feel financially secure, but I'm going to put one day aside for, working on becoming a life coach or working on my business or writing my book or, you know, painting or whatever it is, if you're a creative or a business owner. Um, so yeah, try not to put everything on hold, your hopes and dreams, because that can be a bit of a, a safety mechanism kicking in, but not necessarily helpful one. And this really leads into the third skill that I think is really going to support you. Um, as you're navigating these uncertain times and that is to stay joyful and connected so when we have challenges or problems in life 
it is so easy to just become laser focused on that one problem. And I'm noticing this with a few of my one-on-one clients at the moment too, that, you know, maybe they've been like on in survival mode. Maybe they were like a single mama for so long that it was really hard. So they went into survival mode and they stopped, um, focusing on their connections. They stopped focusing on meaningful relationships and they stopped focusing on doing things that bring them joy. And you know what? We always have to honor our minds and our bodies for doing what they thought was best for us at the time to get through the difficult times, because sometimes we do just have to go into survival mode for a little while. But the problem is when we stay in survival mode, and when we don't need to anymore and then all of a sudden we're burnt out we're feeling flat we're feeling anxious because we're not doing anything that brings us joy we're not doing anything that brings us connection and joy and fun and connection and relationships are like core pillars of our well-being and we need more of those things to be able to navigate uncertainty not less of those things Um, and I'm going to share a little experience. Um, and I guess like a mistake I made in life that I, I don't regret because I learned from it. I feel like I will always remember this, this mistake, this, this learning in my body. (laughs) Um, so when I met Nick, I, I'd been living in Melbourne. I was studying my family therapy masters. I was working as a hospital social worker. I had a really great life, but yeah, I was really longing for, you know, to find a partner, to find a lover, um, yeah, to eventually settle down and have a family. And then I met Nick and, um, he had been traveling, he quit his job and, um, was traveling after living in London for a long time. And, um, yeah, so we lived together in Melbourne for like a good three months, but he couldn't get a visa. And, um, I had an Irish passport. So we essentially decided that he would move to London and that I would, um, also move to London on my Irish passport. Uh, but what was interesting about this or perhaps challenging is that, uh, Nick works in finance, um, and he moved back to London just at the end of the global financial crisis. And he had such a hard time finding a job. So I think he was unemployed for almost 18 months and it was really, really rough on our relationship. Um, yeah, it was, it was just rough and like, I was fine because I was a social worker and I went and trained as a cognitive behavioral therapist and I had a great job for the NHS. So we were actually okay financially. Um, but it was really, really hard, like on both of our mental health. Uh, and also I, I found London didn't necessarily suit who I was as a human. And so I think I went into quite a negative state where I was so focused on Nick not having a job and on that problem that I wasn't really enjoying my life and of course we got through it we were fine like Nick had savings that um I was working I was actually getting paid pretty well we were totally okay but that was just a bad habit that my mind had learned when I was younger you know that when you have a problem you focus on it you focus on it you focus on it until you solve it but the reality is some problems some challenges just require patience and acceptance and there were so many opportunities for fun you know for connection uh that i was i I was still present with but i don't think that i was really enjoying them because i was so worried about nick so i want to share that as a lesson that i've learned what i've learned from that is 
okay, if you're going through a challenge, if you're worried about the economy, if you're worried about your job, you know, that is very real. And, um, you know, it's important not to gaslight yourself, but try not to let the challenge become your whole world. Even if it means, you know, scheduling in twice a week, you know, that you go on a fun date with your friends. If, if money is an issue, you know, you go do something free. Uh, yeah, even if it means making sure that you're still exercising, going for a walk or going for a jog. Uh, and by the way, this is all evidence-based. Like these are the tools that we use for people with depression. If they are really, really struggling, we say before we do all the deeper work, we've got to get you activated. We've got to get you connecting to your community and your friends. We've got to get you exercising. We've got to get you doing things that you enjoy, even if you're so stressed or so flat that you don't enjoy it right now you know, accumulatively, you will get these little micro moments of joy that will start to build up. And so, um, yeah, this is what I eventually learned to do. I was actually training, you know, at the same time that I was navigating this challenge in cognitive behavioral therapy. And so I started to really focus on doing things that brought me joy and, and also spending time with Nick and doing things that made him feel better as well. And that allowed us to move through that challenge Um, and of course everything passes. So yeah, these are the three skills just to, you know, very quickly go over them again so that you can, um, remember them. So learning to recognize when you are catastrophizing and imagining the worst case, um, scenario and learning to tolerate uncertainty facing your deepest fears, but realizing that actually you have the strengths to handle them. And then secondly, being hopeful which is very different to being blindly optimistic. And thirdly, yeah, staying in the joy and the connection and prioritizing those things no matter what's going on in your life, which I know is so much easier to say than it is to do at the time. But I feel like it's so powerful when we have someone else outside the situation remind us of that. So, you know, I'm staying hopeful that things are not going to get anywhere near as bad as what the media is portraying. Um, and I'm also staying hopeful that no matter what happens, that I'm so committed to my goals and I know this about myself that I will keep going. If things take a little bit longer to get to where I want, that's okay because I really trust my business. Um, I'm so committed to this work that, you know, I can be patient. I can, I can wait. Um, but also so often, like even if you think about COVID, we really had so many negative predictions about what was going to happen with the economy. But there are so many people that have also been better off financially and who have created amazing businesses out of the pandemic. So, you know, just always remembering to keep an open mind outside of what the media is telling you, outside of maybe those messages that other people are telling you. And remember that you get to filter and choose what you pay attention to. So that's it for today. I also wanted to let you know very briefly that permission granted for next year, which is my six month real signature longer term experience. Um, I, we will be starting end of January, but I'm actually opening up some spaces for people to jump in and chat with me about permission granted. If you are interested in this experience, um, anybody who signs up in November actually saves like a whole thousand dollars off the the total cost of the experience. And you also um, get access to an intention setting workshop in January 
and a whole heap of resources um, to support you for the end of the year. So, uh, and also the option of like extended payment plans. So there's a lot of the women who are in this year's permission granted did choose to sign up in November because there's so many benefits to, you know, knowing that you're going to have support next year, knowing that you're going to have the support of me as your coach, but also the support of beautiful um, heart-centered women um, as you navigate next year and whatever the year looks like, including the uncertainty. So if you have any interest in that, I will share the details in the show notes. Happy to chat in the DMs or send me an email. Uh, Yeah, until next week, have a beautiful day. Mwah.